Welcome to Arizona Opera's second episode of Unmiked, the video series that explores the blurry edge between opera and just about everything else. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, this this piece uh, today really captures sort of the nexus of what Unmiked is about. Uh, you know, taking an element from the from the world of opera, uh, stage combat, and bringing it together with the world of real combat. Uh, and and then we have a, a, a special guest who sort of life has synthesized those two elements and uh, and adds and adds a third and, and you'll understand that in just a minute. Uh, I'm joined today by one of the most dominant trainers in the world of MMA, Greg Jackson of Jackson Wink MMA in Albuquerque, New Mexico. His gym has prepared some of uh, my favorite mixed martial artists in the world, people like John Jones and Holly Holm. Uh, it's just such an honor to have you with us today, Greg. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we got Joe Eisenberg, an accomplished fight choreographer who's worked with opera companies, including Washington National Opera, the Metropolitan Opera. He has won num a number of awards, including the 2013 Helen Hayes Award for Outstanding Choreography. Joe, it's great to have you with us today. And uh, Joe's the guy that has hair. Just to be clear, two Joes today, one, one bald, and then Joe Eisenberg sort of showing off. And then uh, our third guest today is uh, George Bercadza, who I've had the uh, pleasure of knowing for about two years now. He is an internationally recognized dancer and choreographer. He works with uh, Boston Ballet, and his, his dance work has been featured around the globe, but he is uh, also a martial artist, a high-level martial artist with a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, in Kyokushin Kai Karate, and he is also a, a Judo black belt. So we've got really a, an amazing uh, team here today, all of whom have exposure to, uh, to opera. Uh, and, and I didn't put this on the, on the preparation questions, but one of the uh, most exciting things that came as a uh, revelation as we were putting today's episode together was uh, my correspondence with Greg Jackson just, just coming up on New Year's uh, Eve. And uh, Greg shared with me that he has been a lifelong lover of opera. And uh, you don't always hear that from um, from folks that are in the space of MMA. So that was just a, a, an amazing reinforcement of um, what's so special about this series. So thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. So the, uh, the, the crux of the episode today is to talk about how do the worlds of opera, dance, and stage combat relate to the world of, of, of the octagon, the, M, the MMA world. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about stage combat is such an essential element of the, the dance that is uh, opera. And, uh, and then thinking, wow, you know, what are, what are the relationships between that work uh, and the work of people that are really preparing uh, for, uh, for fights in, in the professional fight world? Uh, George gets to bring a perspective here uh, being a professional dancer, but also adding this element of, of choreography, uh, dance in itself has uh, a, an element that relates to stage combat and to martial arts. So I'm, I'm expecting a really fun conversation to get today, guys, and uh, looking forward to it. So I'm just going to sort of dive right in uh, with a question for uh, Greg and Joe. From, from your perspective, what's the, what's the biggest difference between fighting technique when used from for, for the stage or film versus uh, fighting in the ring. And we've all seen, we've all seen real boxing matches, but we've also seen Rocky with those big looping punches. Uh, let me, let me start with you, Greg, uh, you, you choreographed or at least consulted on uh, fighting for film uh, with, um, with that uh, kingdom. My, one of my favorite uh, binge worthy shows on Netflix this summer uh, let me throw it to you first. What are the kinds of things you have to do technically adapting between one or the other? What are the biggest differences? Well, I, my, uh, my unfortunate choreography career includes also the Warrior movie and uh, a movie called a movie called <laughs> Range Fifteen. Summer too. <laughs> uh, a movie called Range Fifteen that was uh, done by a bunch of uh, special forces guys that I had to kind of throw together. None of it worthy of uh, your other guests, unfortunately, but it was my best effort at the time. Hey, um, I so, liked I liked Warrior. I liked Warrior. Uh, we have to talk it, about it was, that. It was, it was fun, <laughs> uh, but I. Uh, 
I will say that for me, the one, I mean, obviously there's huge similarities, but one of the biggest differences is um, the subtleties of it. So at least when I'm watching, um, you have to be able to convey drama, I think, in, in, uh, in actual stage combat. Like, if the audience doesn't know exactly what happened, it finds itself confused or like, wait, why did he fall down? What happened there? Um, so I think subtlety is one of the biggest differences because, of course, in a fight, you don't want the audience or your opponent to know what exactly just happened. So keeping things hidden, keeping things um, kind of low key is the wrong word, but uh, not telegraphed, wherein mm -hmm. I think stage combat, you have to communicate the drama of the scene. And it has to make sense to people. I think if, if people are confused, it takes them out of that, that process of enjoying you know, the fight or, or whatever. Yeah, so I think that might be one of the big differences in, in my opinion. Can, can you give an example before, before we pivot over to Joe, can you give an example of maybe of a, of a single technique, whether it's a striking technique or a grappling technique, where you, where you really, where you, where you can sort of drill down into what does that mean? Uh, that, that well, let's, let's go very, very simple. A, a, a straight right hand, in other words, a straight right punch. If you are going to punch somebody in the nose with your right hand, mm -hmm. if you do that in fighting, you want to make that as linear and as non-telegraphed as possible. But it's also very fast. Mm -hmm. So if that happens very fast, very linear, and very non-telegraphed, and it hits the person, you know, and you're at even a little bit of the wrong angle, you don't exactly know what happened. And so then they have these instant replays and all these things to say, well, what did, how did he knock him out? What happened there exactly? Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself that over and over. Well, you don't really have, at least in my experience, especially in opera, instant replays wherein you can look back at the fight scene and say, wait, how did he fall down? How did he? So I think it's incumbent on the choreographer to be able to show a big enough technique. The shoulders are rolling, the punch is coming. Oh, and pow, it hits and everybody goes, oh my goodness. He got hit and down he goes, and it, and it makes sense logically. There's no missing element there. But in fighting, if you did that, if you were like, here comes my punch and it's gonna run right at you, the straight right hand, obviously your opponent's gonna be, well, you're not hitting me with that, so uh, I will move out of the way and counter you. So I think even at the basic level, it has to be very different. And of course, there's a ton of similarities too. I'm just kind of speaking to one of the differences. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, so let's throw it over to Joe. You, you have an assertion over here. The movement's got to be real big if it's in opera. Everything else is big in opera, right? That, I mean, I really, I really love what you're saying uh, about telegraphing because that's exactly what we need to do. Um, you know, one of the major issues that we have in telling the story of the fight, uh, first of all, when does the fight take place? It's always at the pinnacle of the dramatic structure. So opposed to uh, like a match, a fighting match, you know, the, the dramatic structure is basically the whole fight. And there's a whole bunch of details within the fight in like say a boxing match, but opposed to an opera, we've been waiting for three hours to get to this fight. And then all of a sudden, like it's just going to explode into whatever cacophony that that is. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is the thing that we're trying to highlight in that one super intense moment. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to the specific techniques, you know, right now we're focusing on like MMA or boxing or yeah, hand to hand, generally speaking. But, you know, we also need to keep in mind, well, what are the givens of the specific narrative? So what weapons are we using? Is this a sword fight? Is this fighting a dragon? Is this, you know, flying over, you know, mountains and then doing whatever they're doing? So like, you know, there are definitely parallels and knowing that to tell the narrative of engagement and conflict that is definitely the same thing mm -hmm. but telegraphing is very important and one of the things that i always like to say is to actually watch a real fight like not in a ring but like on the side of the street or something most of the time nobody has any idea what the people are doing like they hit each other and then they go on the ground and then they're just like rolling around and somebody's pants falls off and you're like, oh my gosh. And, <laughs> but like, if you actually did that on stage, exactly what we were saying is like, no one will know what's happening. And if no one knows what's happening, then we've actually failed in telling the story. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm guessing, I mean, there's a lot of research involved in the work that you do, Joe. I, I'm thinking that the adaptation between uh, real combat stage combat probably also applies to this historical overlay you know you probably want things how, how would this person hit this other person like a gentleman in this point of time uh or or uh, fighting a dragon or what have you how, how much of that how much does that historical element play into you feeling like you've done your job to make it real 
It does, and and we alluded to three different forms at the beginning of this, where we were talking about film, we're talking about reality, and we're talking about stage. And there really does need to be a distinction between film and stage, mostly because the performers on stage, specifically for opera, they're opera singers. And when film normally does their filming, you know, sometimes you have your principal performer, your Harrison Ford, who might do a punch or whatever. But generally speaking, there are specialty people for film who are athletes, who are 100% able to do the technique, to do it safely, to repeat it. And they get away with a lot more potentially dangerous activities that you would not want Placido Domingo or <laughs> any other major <laughs> opera singer who might be older to be doing. Right. And, and in that context, uh, we need to cater to a, a potentially less confident combatant. Um, yeah. The other element is that on stage, you, you can't stop. And, mm -hmm. and that's the major issue. Uh, when you're filming, you can always do it over. And, and as long as it's recorded, then it'll always be there. Um, so when it comes to research, one of the best examples that I always like to give, again, is uh, like Romeo and Juliet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great reference to how Mercutio was trained in a certain kind of combat style for that time period, which was a certain part of Italy opposed to Tybalt, who was trained in a different kind of style. So mm -hmm. both of them were just as capable as fighters to be able to engage in just as equal, but in different styles. And for the nerd out there who's actually watching it, who could tell the difference in the styles, that would be an interesting thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that that's a little bit of overkill for me to actually spend the time and teach that. Mm -hmm. But that is a great example of just saying, well, this is a character-driven moment of how they move and how they fight. Mm -hmm. That is a nice detail that you could interlay with like the general narrative of the fight. Um, okay. Just one more point is like, it sounds like a boxer and a kickboxer in like a cage match. It's like mm -hmm. they have different skills, mm -hmm. but they're both equally good at beating each other up. <laughs> right, right. And your constraint is always the physicality of the performer that you're working with, who, who probably is not in most cases, someone that's trained as a fighter. So you need to work within those constraints. I mean, I think all opera singers are fighters. So. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You know, I, and I, um, we were talking earlier today about this episode and, and, and what it's about. I think the, there's something so soulful about opera and fighting that connects to human drama in this very primal way. I mean, I, I, I used to, you'll, you, I don't know what you'll think about this, but before opera auditions, I was an opera singer for a period of time. And before my opera auditions, I used to love watching the documentary When We Were Kings about Muhammad Ali's fight with George Foreman, the, you know, the rumble in the jungle. And I, I because I just loved the, I loved how giant those, those, those people were. And, you know, just this epic battle between these two very different forces. And it, it felt like an opera to me. And that's why I'd watch that. I'd get up, if I had an audition at 10, I'd be watching that movie at 6 a.m., you know, to, to get my blood going and to connect, you know, with that, with that primal element. Well, uh, I think the, the world of uh, fighting and the, the world of dance are not that far apart. And I'm so excited to have uh, George here with us today, who I, I first got to know by seeing this uh, sensational video on uh, YouTube, George, where you're, you're talking about your background as both uh, a dancer and a martial artist growing up in Georgia. Um, you know, so, so, so tell, me, uh, tell me from your point of view, you, and you talk about it a little bit in that video, but, but if you could get into a little bit more, how does the physicality and the technique of martial arts and dance connect? I, I would think it would be so hard to separate one from the other, you know? And, and, and at the same time, I bet there are elements of each that you can capitalize on for the other. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the, to, not going too deep, uh, I mean, uh, if you compare like, again, not like I ever practiced Kung Fu, but or like uh, if we go in Japanese Karate, you know, the, the Kata, it's, oh, you know what, even uh, shadow boxing, uh, in uh, kickboxing or boxing or in the Muay Thai, Right, it's definitely dance. Muay Thai is definitely dance, right? You're trying mm -hmm. to inspire yourself. And so, so uh, to say uh, the the way I was training in both, it's the choreography which you 
in the fight you try to impose your choreography to your opponent. So my choreography is better because you know your coach told you move your legs this way. So you basically dancing. Uh, the, you want him to dance where you want to dance. You know, yeah. and uh, in uh, and it's in a fight. But in in a, in the stage you're just repeating the same, right? You're just alone or you're with a partner. So I think the muscle memory, um, the, it's it's the connection between the dance and uh, and and the fighting because the repetition i always repeat the repetition in the both like uh, the to do the i don't know like ipon sayonage and judo you just drop and you drop and you drop and you drop and you drop or in like i don't know you do double leg in wrestling you just do it do it and in dance you just do and jump and again and again and again so that's the definitely con con connection i don't want to say like it's exact connection co connection but it's like choreography right it's some kind of choreography you know that you touching his leg he's gonna move here and then you drop him so the same the same way uh, as at the stage fighting right uh, how many times uh, i'm pretty sure joseph has some anecdotes how many times even i have this anecdote i punch when uh, in the prodigal son i uh, there is uh, in balance's choreography they're like fight i knock out my friend my good friend in uh, in tanks gardens was generally host i knock him out not like i want it because you follow music and, and you know, it's like it's like in the movie, you hit it, he moved it, boom, and he just <laughs> knocked out. Whoops. And everybody's like, What you just did? I'm like, guys, so sorry, I really didn't want it, but didn't mean it. So, so so it's basically it's uh, like if you tell if you if you ask me uh, the preparation of the dancer, right? Now we see more and more that it's it's basically athletism, right? And it's uh, as more we seeing uh i don't know that like mma came up and we we see that the fighters it's not just like you know one thing who is punching it's just it's really smart fight mm -hmm. it's like you have to absorb so much information right uh, nowadays the mma fighter is just it's the professional i don't know athlete in so many martial arts right mm -hmm. like it's, you have to know wrestling you have to know boxing you have to know jiu-jitsu um my big background like greco roman wrestling you know so you have to know so much and you have to con connect that so i believe that is as a choreography you know to connect these different martial arts together it's still kind of choreography right greg i'm i'm i'm, I'm not <laughs> lying when you for when you're training someone and you do like i don't know you jab duck under boom and then double leg it's a choreography right it's not me it doesn't mean it's going to happen in the fight but it's a, it's a choreography <laughs> Right, Greg? So I, I believe that it's pretty close. It's just maybe in the stage you're not punching each other, but the the kata or whatever you want to call it is shadow boxing. It's very similar. Yeah, that's absolutely Patterns and repetition. Yeah. G Greg, I mean, I think to to master a single technique, there's that that famous, you know, Bruce Lee quote, I, I don't fear the man that, you know, knows 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that, that, that has practiced one kick 10,000 times. I mean that that and and the beauty of martial arts, the beauty of dance, and, and probably this goes for stage combat as well. You know, it it emerges when people build a fluidity, right, in the in the technique itself, where where they've repeated it so many times that it's inevitable that they're going to slip this punch and you know come back with a cross. I think it's beautiful. Um, Joe, you said something interesting in our in our correspondence going back and forth before today about. Uh, about formal training getting in the way of making realistic stage fighting. I, that, that just that that was really intriguing to me. You, you talked about your fencing background. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. First of all, um, I, I need to preface it with any performer who has any kind of physical training, any kind of athleticism, any kind of uh, familiarity with being able to move in space connected to their breath. Uh, awareness of their body. I mean, I mean, that's always a positive thing. So in no way am I saying like, you know, you shouldn't be trained. I mean, you should be on the couch. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but what I am saying, you know, both, all three of us have alluded to um, muscle memory mm -hmm. and, and repetition. And this is where fundamentally stage combat is intended to make sure that everyone's safe. And that is much different than real fighting because that, that is uh, the direct contrast. Mm -hmm. um, so if I have training, and this was my experience, like if I'm a trained fencer and I, I have a habitual muscle memory 
uh, ability to hit my targets on body. And if I then have to say, well, now I'm doing stage combat and it is 100% uh, necessity to be able to hit off body. So all of my targets are never gonna hit my partner. Uh, then I'm already in conflict with my own body. And that's something that I will definitely need to drill over and over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. so that's where, you know, having a certain skill set that isn't the skill set that you're actually trying to apply to the stage combat can prove more dangerous than having no skill set at all. And so that's where I need to be very aware of what, you know, the habitual training someone might have and then be able to try to drill that out of them to ensure that their partner is going to be safe. Uh, you know, that story that we just heard about the, the punching and then the dancing, it was Balanchine? Yeah, I mean, it's like that's exactly Police the situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's exactly the situation. And like, it happens. And like, we just need to drill it out. And like, you know, uh, th that's just the only concern that sometimes happens, uh, especially if people are tired, or if they've been overworking, or like, you know, any number of things could happen where somebody just slips up. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's only because someone is so well trained. And that's a good thing. Except we were trying to make sure that everything's safe. So right. <laughs> that's no, that makes a lot of sense. You know, go going from from George's world, I, I also relate this to experiences that I had in college. I, I used to be a Taekwondo instructor. Uh, that was my sort of gateway into martial arts. Greg, you and I are uh, uh, the same age. I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I started I started in Taekwondo. <laughs> a lot of folks started as kids, and that that led me to a love of of martial arts. Uh, going through later on. But but part of the way that I I um, you know paid for my ramen during college was was uh, teaching Taekwondo at Tufts and at George whenever I had uh, dancers that that joined the club they always had incredible flexibility and you know incredible active uh, you know static flexibility that could hold that leg up but they they struggled they struggled tremendously with with the snap you know and. <laughs> And and I and I actually trained for a summer in Kyokushin in New York in that in that um, school in Midtown in the twenties, uh, you and you have to you have to have that snap to have that power. Uh, you must you must. I, I just I, when I think about you and how you have to go through, you know, the filigree of ballet versus something like as hard as Kyokushin. Can you ever can, do you ever have a problem like turning it off? So, well, to, to go to that to connection, I never told my dance teacher that I was doing karate. You know, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> he was always joking. What, you know, like in dance class, like, what do you think? It's taekwondo, or like, what do you think? It's like karate. And you're like, yeah, this actually it is. And you're like, yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so of course it's difficult, right? Sometimes, and sometimes some kicks, uh, even in the difficult jumps, like the, acrobatic jumps what you do in an advanced ballet right and you think like you know what if i do like a little bit away from the classical ballet it's easier and they're like oh that was good why you don't do like that and you're like yeah i actually did completely like martial artist i didn't even uh, think about and sometimes it's working even better you know and yeah. so if you ask me <laughs> you know sometimes you 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 don't click from you know you're not shooting switching off and it's like even better right yeah so interesting. I, Yes, it, it is. It is. Yeah, you know, maybe that has something to do with just connecting to that move authentically. You've done that. You've done that kick. You've held that posture, you know, for hundreds of hours, and and you're able to just Absolutely. bring energy level. Absolutely. And, but you know, the same like you're watching the uh, guys from Muay Thai, and they they it's the same like a dance. They kicking back like I don't know hundred times. That's what dancer does. He just kicks, but just not punching. He just keep elevates the leg so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now saying the, uh, which which is difficult to switch it's uh, when you're let's say this way when you you are dancing or performing an opera and you are should be the covert right you should be the betrayer and someone should be slapped in the face and you have to be like running like oh my god so this is sometimes difficult you're standing so from someone who is has no clue how to fight and he's a hero and he does to you pam and you're like what are you doing? I mean and you have to do like Oh boy! So maybe maybe that's as fun. You like think like, you know what? I can I can beat this guy. Why he's a hero and I'm. The... I love it. Love it. Yeah. So we're we're following the stories. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, it it's is. Because, it's because you're the bass and not the tenor. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I always compare, you know, the real fight with the 
uh, with a stage fight, it's it's not exactly. But you know, Bruce Lee said like like Jackie Chan just like all the Bruce Lee fights were like ah, and and my my video is like ah, you know. So that's there for me. It's like more stage fight. It's like you yeah. know he hits and instead of be super power, he just hits and then he cries and no, you know, no the, I remember they, that. They, they, I remember I remember when I was doing uh, stage combat scenes in opera I remember that a, a huge part of the technique was showing showing people where the pain, pain is. Yeah, yeah. oh you know oh, you, yes. after you get slapped I, that's probably not a popular approach in the world of MMA Greg to demonstrate actively to your oh, opponent cool. when something hurt them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might uh, well it would go well over with uh, with your opponent I think but maybe yeah, not so well. exactly well thank you I'll do that again mm-hmm. um, so Greg you Greg you were you were super humble at the beginning, which I appreciate. But I, I just have to tell you, I I loved Kingdom so much. You know, it, it really. It, so I watched it when my wife and my two girls were out of town this summer, and I and I needed something. I I wasn't training uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which I'm which I've been doing now for the last two years. I just gotten my blue belt before. Oh, so so it still has mm-hmm. all the creases in it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just gonna get killed when I get back. I, you know, it's gonna be awful. <laughs> But, but I loved Kingdom so much because I got to see so much technique and, and appreciating the fact that I'm like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm super, uh, super respectful of people that have just put so many years of training into making things fluid and invisible. I think you did such a great job of turning jujitsu into something that I could, I could see on the screen. I think you had like an omoplata in the first episode of Kingdom. I'm like, wow, I didn't think anyone would try to put that on a what did you have to what did you have to do to make that work and and did you put moves into your choreography of either uh, of either that uh show or or of um warrior where you're like well this would absolutely never ever work you know a you know flying arm bar or something like that but but you knew it was going to work theatrically right well i think that's one of the most important uh aspects at least in in my very limited knowledge of it um is that you? It's much more about the emotion, I guess. I think that that is conveyed in the in the fight because really that's what most people are watching it for is inspiration and, and you know the emotional content within. Um, as far as, as stage stuff, uh, so yeah, you had to walk a thin line. I remember in Warrior. So again, I I stage combat is not my forte. I, I'm not as well trained as as the other two or even close. But um, what. So walking that line between, okay, well, that's highly unrealistic and this is something that's going to be exciting for people to watch, like professional wrestling, right? I mean, that, that's another thing that you have to state. It's basically stage combat. It's a lot less safe than opera, I think, but uh, um, it's, that, it's that same kind of thing <laughs> where you have less to- safe than opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that walking that line there is something that's really- so it, it, let's say that you're a, you're a special forces operator. Every movie you watch, you're going to, oh, you know, you'd never clear a room like that. Like that, you know what I mean? Like you get that kind of a guy. But I think some of the points that, that uh, Joe has made there is that, like, that you're not watching it for that, right? Like you're not, this isn't a documentary about how to clear rooms or how to fight a dragon or anything like that, right? It's, it's much more about, it, it's got to be semi-realistic, but you're going to have to suspend disbelief. Like I love watching I'll watch silly Marvel movies and I get all excited when Thor gets his hammer and starts mm. beating on, you know what I mean? I'm not like, well, technically you wouldn't be able to throw your <laughs> hammer in that methodology. <laughs> like, just let it go, dude. Like enjoy what it is um, and, and get into the emotion of it. And, and so I think trying to, from my very limited skill set, trying to do that, to convey that um, was, was a challenge. And I had great, I mean, Joe Stevenson really did a lot of the legwork there, um, mm. but I try actually in Warrior. I tried to convey a little bit of that. The, the whole second half of Warrior, uh, Beethoven's Ninth, is one of the big uh, kind of center things of that, and right, right, right. was me trying to convey uh, that emotional beauty that you feel with music, with with martial arts, with everything, uh, at least in that context. So I think if following that line, you've got to you've got to have some kind. I mean, obviously, like. In a, and no one's going to watch an MMA movie where you hit the guy and he spins 16 times in the air and falls like it's just like a kung fu movie. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. But at the same time, you're going to be doing maybe flying arm bars that work sometimes, but you know it's a high risk for reward scenario that you wouldn't exactly. Uh, if you're trying to win a world title, I wouldn't tell. Listen, George St. Pierre, please go and do a flying arm bar to this guy. Oh yeah. Um, 
right? Does that make sense? So, uh, um, and, and again, there's so many cool factors that because of the parameters that you're dealing with, safety being a big one. I mean, I thought that was so insightful. Um, you have to keep your performers safe. Otherwise, there's not a lot of point in doing it. Um, stuff like that working outside of is one of the reasons that I enjoy doing that so much is that it, it takes me out of what I usually do, which is again, making things invisible, making things confusing for opponents and for audiences as well. Um, and, and reversing that. So that, that was my, my kind of joy in, 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 uh, in my small exposure to that world. No, that's very cool. Was there a big learning curve when you were just getting started in that? Did you, did you have to look at the dailies and say, Oh man, I, I really have to go about, you know, I would, I would think it would be particularly difficult with grappling sequences, you know, saying, oh, I've, I've really got to find a way to blow this up a little bit more. Or was it just, did it come naturally to you to some extent? Well, for me, it was a lot of like learning about angles on film stuff, which actually helped me a lot. Like for me, I'm always looking outside of mixed martial arts or martial arts in general to try to pull back ideas into combat. So just having directors explain to me, okay, here's the little box that you're looking through. And this is film, right? This is in stage combat, which which is like, very different. Um, but so this is, you know, I mean, in this, you have this angle, I have to be able to see what's happening uh, with the with the drama of the fight scene. That that was a big learning curve. And then thank God I had like stunt guys that had been there forever. They were going like, no, no, that's not going to work, Greg. Like you can't, we're going to have to have a camera on this angle. So that was a huge learning curve. Thank God I had people around me that were a lot smarter than I was that could be whack me in the head and be like, that's not going to work. So yeah, it was a huge learning curve. Um, definitely super fun. And uh, I love to learn. I'm super curious. So it was, it was a great time. That's awesome. So, so sort of building on this idea, we talked a lot about individual techniques and how you ad adapt them. And we talked about sort of the core physicality of, of these different forms. But, but on top of that, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about these things a lot like a, like a musical arc or a dramatic arc. And, and so you, you, you seat these techniques inside storytelling. And I, I think that probably happens, it, it happens in a fight sort of looking back how, you know, a fight peaks in round three, you know, they drop back down, they get their strength back, someone comes in and, you know, gets a knockout in round five. So, so, so sort of looking backwards, you can see that, that dramatic arc. But Joe, for your work in stage combat, you have to conceive of that arc from the outset. You know, they don't just go straight for the death blow. Uh, what are the key elements to sort of building that story up? How do you, you know, for a, for a, I'm thinking of a more expansive fight scene. Where, how do you start the drama at one point, bring it to another? What are the kinds of approaches you need to employ to get that big storytelling over a period of time? Yeah, I, I mean, what's, what's cool about opera opposed to like, let's say like a, like a Shakespeare, because, uh, you know, the Shakespeare, you're going to do your text and then, you know, you fight and the fight will happen. And maybe there'll be text, you know, somewhere in between there, like, you know, thou, thou dost, no, like whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, with opera, you know, you're dictated by the music mm -hmm. and, and the music also builds that dramatic structure for you, which is incredibly helpful. And it really kind of fills in a lot of blanks that otherwise you would just need to make up for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you know, I, one of the most important things is, is character. Mm -hmm. um, to really do your script analysis, to understand, well, who are the people? And then knowing that, like, what are the stakes for any engagement? What are the given circumstances? Why are they in their fight? And then who wants what from the other person and to what end? Who's the aggressor? Who's the victim? Who's the person who's, you know, potentially the protagonist, the antagonist? And that's all going to dictate how people interact with each other. Like, who's going to throw the first punch? Mm -hmm. uh, whenever there is an engagement, knowing that this isn't like most fights, a lot of people don't know that they're actually about to start a fight. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's like, you know, hey, this is said duel, like in Faust, like, you know, we are just gonna, we're dueling. And it's like, okay, but you know, it's very clear that Faust, like, he was a wimp. He's not a good fighter. <laughs> and so, you know, he should look bad until the devil like, gets in there and, and influences the outcome of the narrative. And so that's where, you know, you need to just look at the whole spectrum of who are the people and then what would their behavior be physicalized mm -hmm. and then try to, you know, make up something that kind of tells that story. 
Um, especially when it comes to people who aren't skilled uh, combatants, I would always prefer to have fairly simple choreography where a talented performer can just invest fully in a more easy fight to tell a much more believable, clearer story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, yeah. I, I, I want to, you, you just, you gave me a perfect segue to come over to George because in, in George, in your world, when you are choreographing sequences where you're building dramatic tension, or if there is, if there's a fight in ballet, you're, you're dealing with people that have already the core physicality. They have all the training. You have this incredible toolkit to, to operate from. What are the, what are, is your experience like Joe's in terms of those elements, the stakes? Are you thinking that way in terms of those, those key theatrical points or, or do you think of the storytelling approach in a different way? I would say it's a mix, you know, uh, well, dancers are athletes, right? Whatever you want to call it, how you want to call it, they're athletes. Uh, they are not fighters, definitely. And see, they do not try to hurt you, right? So uh, let's say um, when, when you're fighting in Romeo and Juliet, right? Uh, it, the fight uh, should be so long between Tybalt and Mercutio, and it should be funny. So to make some, and they, sometimes the Tybalt is the nicest guy. Mm. And Mercutio is the worst guy in a, in a dressing room who is <laughs> telling everybody and he's like like cockfighter, right? You're like, just come on, dude, just relax. You're not fighting. And he gets that role, right? Mm. And, the, and he's supposed to be the nice guy. So, 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 <laughs> so that's, that's the problem, right? I'm pretty sure that's happening in, in the movies sometimes in opera. The nicest guy should be the, the baddest guy, right? So if you ask me... Uh, when you choreograph, you just, I, I, I believe, I'm, I think the, uh, Joseph is right. It's just the story dictates. The, the, the problem is there that they very, both the dancers, if it's stage five, they're very well trained. It's just, I think it comes to personality, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's like, let's fight. And you'll say, you know what? Your character is not like that. You should be calm, you know, you are the noble. And you're like, yeah, but I want to punch you because I think, you know how it is. Like, I think my character, and you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, why do all the characters in the in the ballets that George choreographs know Kyokushin Kai Karate? That's that's so unlikely. I'm gonna tell you a funny story. I'm gonna tell you a funny story. So uh, I was the Tibble, right? And I was like, oh, he's gonna be such a great Tibble. And my friend, the former principal Rob Birgen Ballet, he was Romeo, a handsome man, very big. When he was transforming in Romeo. Let's say this way. When I walk out of stage after I die, I always go to my wife and I'm like, he just killed me. He really killed me. Mm -hmm. I had with the, so he, he was cutting my face, my arms, like blood everywhere. But he's the nicest Scottish guy. He was, Georgie, I'm sorry, my Scottish accent. I'm like, Georgie, you okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, you can relax in the stage. You know, I'm going to die. You don't need to kill me. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just cutting like so much. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so sometimes it's very interesting. Like someone who is not real fighter just gets so explosive <laughs> in that moment. Wow, the, the world of dance seems a, a lot more dangerous than I <laughs> conceived of before oh, yes. the discussion today. Uh, Greg, uh, coming over to you, uh, storytelling, and, and I don't want you to divulge any industry secrets. You, you're, you're a master of your art, um, but I, I'm, I'm always interested when I'm hearing, uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan or someone else talking about a big fight that's going to come up and they, they talk about, you know, how they see a fight playing out over this over series of rounds that, you know, they're clearly looking at it from the experience of, you know, what does this, you know, what's, what's this fighter's background? What are their strengths? Um, you know, are they someone that sort of starts slow and builds up over time? Do you prepare fighters uh, for an arc of time? Do you say, you know, this, if it's a five round fight, it, you, you sort of pace them through, you, you think thematically about the kinds of approaches that they're going to use in the ring beforehand, or is it more that you're, you're building combinations, techniques, you get some general ideas, we're going to close off the ring or whatever, whatever it might be, and, and it just evolves naturally, or maybe it's a combination of the two. Well, that, wow, that's a complicated question. I don't want to take the entire rest of the time to talk about that. <laughs> Step on, I'm learning so much from uh, our other guests. Um, so I'll put it this way. Um, 
the easiest way to, to, to feel about how you actually put a real game plan together. So, cause what you were talking about is analytics and analytics are a very important part of MMA, but basically it's that this guy throws this many jabs and then he tries to do these things. And that, that really has, that's one of the tools for combat, but it's not a huge one. Um, Okay, so think about this way. Everybody, when you're pushed, you have a something that you do when you're afraid. So if you're very afraid of a situation, you will do a certain thing that has worked for you in the past that you will go to again that will help you deal with that fear. Um, and everybody has a different one. Sometimes it's a, before you go out on stage, maybe you have stage fright, and so you do a certain ritual, whatever that is, to calm you down. Maybe you, uh, maybe you watch uh, We Were Kings and, uh, and, you know, to get yourself psyched up, whatever ritual you do to deal with nerves. So my job is to find what you do during a fight when you get punched hard in the face. What do you do when things aren't going your way? What do you do? You try to do a double leg takedown. Do you try to do, do you try to use a lot of movement to stay away from that? So, and I always call that the teddy bear. People have a teddy bear that they want to hold on to. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when they're, when they're afraid. So my, my first teddy I, bear I, is I, a double leg takedown. <laughs> right. Well, whatever it may be, right. It, it, so I watch for that teddy bear and yeah. then you need to figure out, okay, well, how can we get our opponent to that place where they're trying to cling on to that teddy bear? Uh, and the easiest way I think you can understand it musically, because all fighting is rhythm, all fighting. And I think that's one of the huge commonalities. And again, I don't know anything about choreography compared to the to our two other people, but um, doing dealing with rhythm, everything in fighting is rhythm. It's the heartbeat of combat. So it's very musical in that you change the rhythm, you mess with the rhythm, you increase the rhythm over time, depending on where you are in the fight. But you're, you're always looking for that theme. And the theme is that, teddy bear so again like a fugue in music like it's you you come out with this little theme and then you move away from it and you kind of dance around it and then it comes back for a little bit you're trying to get them back there and then they counter you and you swing around but you're always looking for that that underlying psychological theme and the rest of the technique the notes of the music or the choreography of whatever you're doing is trying to elicit that response so that you can get them to mentally break or go unconscious uh, whichever comes first so that 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 underlying structure there is, I think, very similar to stage combat in that you are going to once you have this this theme, this idea, um, it, it plays out over time, but you're always trying to go back to that to that place and. and how you do that is very rhythmic. How you do that is very, I mean, again, George St. Pierre is one of the best articulate fighters that I've ever trained. And he would always say, you can't handle, I will set a rhythm that you cannot handle. Uh, you cannot handle my rhythm, it would be the exact yeah. quote. Um, and so, and that's what we were talking about is, is underneath it all is very musical. Um, and again, like most, I learn a ton about fighting from classical music, like hemiolas or, uh, you know, the way that you, especially counterpoint stuff, uh, the way you flip Bach, the way you inverted stuff, like all that stuff, not to, again, I'll take up the rest of the time. Let me shut up a minute. But all of that stuff directly is, is correlates to combat. And yeah. so I would, I could watch both of their choreography, stage combat, and I would learn, especially rhythmically and just storytelling how to get a because our story is we want to break you. Their story is they want to convey the drama. Um, mm -hmm. but, but there's huge parallels there. And, and I learn a lot outside of MMA about MMA, if that makes any sense. No, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. And I think I'm going to shudder a little bit the next time I hear a good hemiola. Uh, that's, that's a... Yeah, is it? No, between, no, right? Yeah, interrupting the technique before the inception or the... Oh, no, it makes, it makes yeah. total sense. It makes, yeah. it makes total sense. So, so if I want to add, I want to piggyback on that for a second. I mean, I think we're really hitting to the correlation between all three of, of your guests right now and how they really connect to each other. Because what we're talking about is the reality of combat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 100% stage combat is just about um, the illusion. Mm -hmm. And fundamentally, what are you doing with your other performer is that you are dancing with your other performer because mm -hmm. it's a true partnership. And there is nothing that's surprising about it because everybody knows the choreography and that's where it is dance. But what's really cool is that the illusion needs to telegraph again, what those moments are of the different performers trying to unlock the, the weakness in the other character. So, mm -hmm. so I always like to say it, it's a silly thing, but it's like that, the, oh yeah, oh no moments where it's mm -hmm. like, 
when someone's having their oh yeah moment, the other person's having their oh no moment, and then vice versa. Like who has the upper hand? Who has the lower hand? And then that's the acting that's always infused into the choreography, but fundamentally it is dance. So right. how do you break up the rhythm so it doesn't look so fluid, so you're actually seeing the different ideas happening, which mm -hmm. is the illusion of fighting, but fundamentally it really is just two people dancing together to do the, the illusion of violence. Yeah, no, it's, it's so cool. You know, um, George, you were saying something earlier about choreography. I, I think the word you used was imposition. There's an imposition of will, there's an imposition of technique. You're, you're, you're creating a controlled situation. And with both your work and Joe's, uh, between uh, your work in, in ballet, I should be specific, uh, George, and Joe's work in stage combat, you're operating within a, a rhythmic and musical structure that aligns the characters, even as they're in conflict. And what Greg's talking about is the, the imposition of one per person's rhythmic structure on another's that may have two different tempos altogether. In fact, probably have to have two different tempos if you're going to achieve that, that uh, imposition of will. That's, uh, yeah, rhythm. It, it's, the, it's the great connector. You, you're right, Joe. It's so cool. George? I, I, I always thought when I compete in judo and Greco-Roman wrestling, I always saw my way as a dancer. So in, when you're dancing with a lady, you're trying to maintain her in the balance so she doesn't fall, so she moves very well, and you maintain her balance. So when I was competing in judo, I always saw as a dance. So I have to be bad dancer to make him to step on my foot, you know. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I really, I really saw. And, and again, when someone throw me, I'm like, oh my gosh, he make me dance his dance, you know. It's just, it's just, and the same in wrestling, right, in Greco mostly. Like you're moving him and sit and they're like, oh, 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 he's going with me. Oh, oh, oh. And you know, it's, it's like big tango, whatever you want to call, you know? So it's definitely a rhythm. And who has a better feeling of the rhythm there the wins, you know? So I, I, would, uh, I would agree with both. Yes, that is, it's so amazing, you know? It, it's just still the same body. It's just a different focus and approach. Wow, wow. What judo. if I always step on the girl's foot? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that means you have a judo black belt, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I, I didn't realize I could get there that fast. I, I've already achieved mastery. That's that's just that's amazing. But it, but also makes total sense, George. Uh, so so wrap up question. Uh, Fight Club's one of my favorite movies, uh, and I, I thought, well, I've got these guys uh, on the show today, and uh, you all have some experience with opera, some contact with either opera or a classical form like ballet. And I'll, George, you're going to get the the choice of art form on this one. But uh, if you had to pick a street fight with a character from an opera, uh, who would it be and why? And uh, I think I'm going to throw this to, uh, I'm going to throw it to George first. You could choose oh, a ballet character. Gosh. Yeah, you just kill me here. So it, it sounds has to be. It, opera, it sounds it like whoever played Mercutio in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it has to be opera character who I would fight. You can you can make it you can make it a ballet character, but someone you think that would be worth the challenge. Oh, interesting. I'm gonna let you ponder that. I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce over to Joe Eisenberg while you, while you noodle on this, George. Joe, you've you've had the chance to work with a lot of opera singers. We're not talking about the singers. I want to be clear. That's just assault. Uh, no, but no, I you, still want to work in opera. So. <laughs> I love all of them. But okay, so if you if you had to pick one character from an opera that you would engage in a street fight, who would it be and why? This is the this is the Brad Pitt Edward Norton. Scene. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and the uh, the first answer would it has to be Faulkner, um, because wow. it, yeah. Long reach. I, I mean, if you want to fight a giant, the giant. You get that opportunity. Um, but, but beyond that, I, I mean, I would say Siegfried because, like, he's just like, come on. I just okay. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go with Siegfried. I like that. Um, uh, I do want to add one thing, uh, and they can edit this out later. Um, okay. This is just for. Uh, it's just a fun anecdote that I think that we'll, we'll appreciate. Is what's really cool ab about film. Uh, and this is going to what we were talking about, how the, the stunt guys were like, you know, well, this won't work quite as well with the angles and stuff. Yeah. And because it is all illusion, it, it, the angles are so important. Um, what's cool about film is that it's a two-dimensional plane, right? Mm. And, and opera is actually much more akin to uh, cinema than other kind of theatrical uh, contexts. 
because it really is the proscenium creates a two-dimensional plane Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you can really get away with a lot of the same tricks that you can get away with on camera in opera stage combat. So that's just a funny little. Oh, that's interesting. Little I, I hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about the similarities of those two uh, forms. I mean, that might be fodder for a future episode of this show. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, Greg, you you apologized in in an email to me saying that well you're you know you're 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 Pacini and Wagner guy. You're sort of like a core opera repertoire. Uh, lover, which I just I just love, and there are a lot of bad guys in those uh, in those operas. Um, Joe already got Fafner out there. Uh, yeah. If you had to get in there in the ring and tangle with a character from an opera, do you know who it would be and and why? Well, for sure, I, I'm going to go a little unorthodox. I would go with uh, Elmer Fudd in uh, in his in their little send up of Wagner of of, uh, of their Wagner stuff. <laughs> Knowing that I could full well just, you know, pull his helmet down and probably have an oh. easier fight there, I would definitely, uh, <laughs> in the Kill the Rabbit, I would definitely go with uh, with Elmer Fudd. That wow, would be, iconic. He would be the villain that, uh, that Wagner would probably be very mad at me for even saying so, but... That, but, definitely but Joe Spector is happy about it. I love that. You know, I thought you were going to go for someone difficult. I, I was seeing sort of like Scarpia. You know, Greg's going right. to take on the big challenge. You're like, no, nope. I want someone I could whoop real quick and get home, have a steak. <laughs> I'm no fool. <laughs> Elmer Fudd from the Kill the Wabbit Wagner send -up. Okay, fantastic. George, okay. you've given no, Yes, I, I will go with Puccini probably. I would have two. Uh, okay. Uh, to be honest, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Puccini. Uh, I would try to fight Macbeth because uh, it's always that dark, but the guy is an amazing warrior, right? Yeah, yeah. okay, so all I, right. Uh, that's, I, that's Verdi, actually. That's an opera that Joe choreographed recently at the Metropolitan Opera, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm not mistaken, it's Puccini, right? Uh, that's that's uh, Verdi. Verdi, sorry, I said Puccini, sorry. Uh, uh, but if you ask me, the uh, Macbeth, I think it's the the scariest dude to fight because it's just totally uh, crazy head and just amazing warrior who coming with all these ideas. But if you ask me who I want to beat, that's why I'm going with Puccini. When I, uh, I perform an opera too, every time Liu has to die in Turandot, uh -huh. I always mm. want to run and just beat these guys. And so like, oh, wow. Away. Saving Liu. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Defending the honor of the four <laughs> secondary soprano. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, like, I, when she's crying, it's, I always like, no! <laughs> what a great opera. That's, a, that's yeah. a great note to tie off on. Guys, this has been just a, a phenomenal conversation. I, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I, I don't know if it's it possible. But, uh, but yeah, thank you. so much fun. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone on our next episode of Unmiked. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unmiked where we blur the edges that connect the world of opera to just about everything else. A new episode will be released each month, so be sure to check our website, azopera.org, join our email list, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Unmiked is a part of Arizona Opera's Connection Lab program, a new series of digital and public offerings designed to facilitate a connection between Arizona communities familiar with our company, as well as opera goers and others well beyond our state. Arizona Opera is grateful to our lead digital sponsors for the 2020-21 season, Ron and Kay McDougall. Arizona Opera's next-gen programs are made possible through the support of Karen Fruin, Roma Whitkoff, Jeanette J. Siegel, the Valentine Family Foundation, APS, and Jody Paluzzi. To learn more about the programs that are part of Arizona Opera NextGen, please visit us online at azopera.org.